Welcome to the Hoosier Ag Today morning podcast on Thursday morning, the 2nd of February, 2023. I'm Andy Eubank with the latest Indiana Farm News plus markets and weather brought to you by First Farmers Bank and Trust, proudly serving local farms, families, and agribusiness for over 135 years. They're online, ffbt.com. Eric Pfeiffer today has an update on egg prices and avian influenza here in Indiana. C.J. Miller reports on a new pre-emergence herbicide to consider in soybeans. And Hat Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin has a warm-up in the Indiana farm forecast. Mixed markets yesterday. Mike Silver has analysis on the Who's Your Ag Today Thursday podcast. The land of the free is also the home of the hardworking. What if this is the year you take your farm operation to the next level? At First Farmers Bank and Trust, we're proud to serve the people who not only work until the sun goes down, but until the job is done. With over 135 years of commitment to agriculture, we'll find the solution that's right for your operation today and tomorrow. Visit ffbt.com to learn more. First Farmers Bank and Trust, member FDIC. The High Ground Podcast. Everything from energy and fuel. It's uh, Memorial Day weekend, going to be 87 to 89, maybe low 90s all weekend. So we thought we'd bring Scott Heine in. So we'll talk about home heat. <laughs> to agriculture. Anytime we can help a farmer grow their business and meet their goals, that's a proud moment for me. And, well, other things. For some reason, like and subscribe. We don't know why, but that's important. We want you to do it on your own, but we're going to tell you. (laughs) Listen now on all platforms. Why egg prices are skyrocketing and another tool for weed control. I'm Eric Pfeiffer, and this is Hoosier Ag Today. Egg prices are up right around 49% from a year ago. A big reason why? 47 states have been hit in the past year by highly pathogenic avian influenza. Over 52 million birds have been destroyed. 40 million of those have been layers. And so I know folks are seeing the impact of egg prices at the retailer, and part of that is avian influenza. And that's Dr. Brett Marsh, Indiana's state veterinarian. Here in Indiana, the total number of birds affected is right around 228,000. Most of those were commercial turkeys, while just under 18,000 of them were commercial ducks. We've had 16 cases in our state in the last year, and others have been affected more heavily in other states, so I'm really proud of the work that's gone on to this point. You heard Marsh mention there that he's proud of the efforts of his staff at the Indiana Board of Animal Health and producers around the state who have been on high alert for anything out of the ordinary with their flocks including high mortality. Marsh adds that producers will need to remain alert, as they've learned this will be around 12 months of the year. There used to be some seasonality, but that's no longer the case. We found during last summer, for example, that it oversummered with us with Canada geese and mallard ducks that are asymptomatic, but they're carrying that virus. And so we have to be diligent to make sure that we're doing all we can from a biosecurity standpoint. Whether you have a small flock in the backyard or a large commercial interest, we're emphasizing biosecurity on all sites. Speaking with Marsh at Indiana Pork's Taste of Elegance event last week, he was sure to touch on African swine fever as well. He says we've done well so far, but the risk of ASF entering the U.S. is certainly still there. African swine fever has been diagnosed in Haiti and the Dominican Republic. First time in 40 years in the Western Hemisphere, so we have to be diligent with the swine industry as well. So our team at the Board of Animal Health and those in the pork industry have been great to work with to continue to do all we can to keep that disease out of the country. You can learn more at HoosierAgToday.com. 
You shouldn't have to choose between powerful weed control and keeping your crops safe from stress and injury. C.J. Miller reports now on a new pre-emergence herbicide that does both for your soybeans. We've got a very broad portfolio at Syngenta when it comes to soybean products, and this is just another tool in our toolbox really to maximize yields. And that's Chad Threewitz, agronomy service representative with Syngenta, talking about Tindovo, their new broad-spectrum pre-emergence herbicide for soybeans. Really looking to maximize our, our weed management and really resistance management, focusing on ragweeds, water hemp, giving us more residual than we probably ever had before in a soybean product. It's that corn level of, of residual and control while still integrating that and really to any trait package of soybeans that, that any grower is running today. He says Tindovo not only controls weeds before they emerge, but it also doesn't cause unnecessary injury to your soybeans soybean crops. That's one thing that farmers as we plant earlier and we tend to see maybe some problems with some other products that can be harder on the beans the earlier you plant when it's cold wet. Um, this product has extremely good crop safety. I think that's important to get off to a good start. The good start we get and the beans get developed early in that season just really helps give us our full potential yield all throughout the year. Most of all, Three Wit says that Tindovo can deliver more bushels as well as a potential higher return on investment. One thing we talk about is better yield is the better deal and really what we mean by that is it's not not always about the lowest cost product out there. It's what are the products that can return the most to that acre or the profit potential. So that's one thing that we really focus on with the Syngenta portfolio across the board and understand it's not just about the, the cheapest thing we can put out there. It's about the product that will give us the most return back and make us the most profitable. Read more about Tindovo pre-emergence soybean herbicide at syngenta-us.com. I'm CJ Miller. And I'm Eric Pfeiffer, Hoosier Ag Today, Indiana's Farm Network. Your operating loan for your farm needs to cover all that could be. That's why Farm Credit Mid-America offers flexible financing options to take care of the day-to-day -day so you can free up capital to maximize opportunities for your farm. Use our online banking or mobile app to conveniently check funds so you always know how much cash you have on hand and can plan for what's ahead. To find an operating loan that works for you, visit e-farmcredit.com. Subject to credit approval, additional terms and conditions may apply. Farm Credit Mid-America is an equal opportunity lender. Cold, dry weather continues here. I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin with Hoosier Ag Today's Indiana Farm Forecast. This forecast is not much different than what we've talked about all week. Still one threat of moisture over the next 10 days. Now, we are cold again today. We're still under the influence of Canadian high pressure. However, by late this afternoon and evening, it's going to start to try and push off to the east, bringing some south winds up the backside. Those south winds aren't able to take full control until we go into the weekend, particularly Saturday afternoon, Sunday. And in the interim, there is another trough boundary trying to slide through the Great Lakes that does bring north winds across Lake Superior and Lake Michigan. So I'm going to say watch for lake effect clouds. And if you're in far northwest Indiana, maybe a little bit of lake effect snow for your Thursday. But on to the warm-up Friday Temperatures not as cold going into Saturday, Sunday. Moderating temperatures are the main story with partly to mostly sunny skies. We continue the warm-up into Monday. Our next and only front for the 10-day forecast window comes on Tuesday. Anywhere from a tenth to three-quarters of an inch of liquid potential behind this front. And the way it looks to me right now, it's all going to be rain Yep, rain coming through. Maybe we end as a little bit of sloppy wet snowflake activity moving into late Wednesday morning into midday, but I don't think so. This is mostly a Tuesday afternoon, Tuesday night event and rain. 
following that up with cooler weather for the Wednesday afternoon, Thursday, Friday time frame, but not nearly as cold as this week. I also want to draw your attention to the western half of the country, western third. A huge warm-up ongoing out there, especially as we move through February the 11th, that's Saturday. I think that we're looking at that warm air surging eastward and taking control here for that following week, the week of Valentine's Day. Temperatures should be quite mild across all of the Hoosier State. That's a look at your forecast update. I'm meteorologist Ryan Martin. Losses in beans and overall a flat day of trade for corn and wheat. This is Hoosier Ag Today's Wednesday Farm Market Review. I'm Andy Eubank with settlements on the way, market analysis too. This update is brought to you by Seed Genetics Direct. Visit them in the North Wing at the National Farm Machinery Show, and they'll even give you a price list. Value, knowledge, performance, it's in their genetics. Mike Silver analysis first up on the review. Mike is with Kokomo Grain. I chatted with him at the end of Wednesday trade. Mike, we have flat corn and wheat markets on a Wednesday, but soybeans another story after a recent run-up, another sell-off on Wednesday, pretty sharp sell-off. And StoneX came out with an increased production estimate, significantly increased production estimate for Brazil. Is that part of the pressure on the bean market? I do believe that is part of the pressure on the bean market today, Andy. They did come out with a pretty substantial increase in the Brazilian soybean estimate. And that that also followed uh, two reports, uh, one from Argentina and one from Brazil, that uh, the uh, Foreign Agricultural Service, the agricultural attaches in both those companies are released yesterday and, and they became widely circulated in trade today. And, and those reports also uh, raised those two countries' estimates of not only soybean production, but uh, also corn production. Of course, Mother Nature always holds the trump card and, and there's still weather that needs to be played out to to achieve these projections of record crops uh, in that southern hemisphere. But uh, certainly that appears to have drawn the attention of the market today um, and something we're going to have to stay vigilant about in the days, weeks, and months ahead. Um, from, uh, from another standpoint, of course, today, uh, I think uh, at 2 o'clock, Eastern time, I think we'll get the Fed announcement about the uh, interest rate increase, and it's generally assumed that we're going to see a quarter of a percent hike in the interest rate, um, and that may be having a little bit of negative impact in the market today, although that is a generally expected number. Uh, we did get today the EIA ethanol report uh, and the Corn use for ethanol this week um, was up to 1.62 million bushel uh, corn used to make ethanol this last week. Average daily production was up 16,000 barrels at 1.028 million barrels, and we had a 600,000 barrel drawdown in the ethanol stocks numbers. So, um, all is all is well there in 
the ethanol world. Um, and certainly we need to accelerate. Well, it would be good if we could accelerate the use of, of corn for ethanol. But if we can maintain this pace, we should be in line with, with the USDA projections for corn use to make ethanol. We still need to work on our export sales program for corn in particular. Uh, our inspections uh, Monday were not that fabulous at all. Uh, soybeans were okay, certainly, but the corn um, corn export sales, we need to perk that up. Now, having just said that, we are entering the time of the year when traditionally our corn export shipments uh, and corn export sales do increase. And um, so we've got a chance there of, of at least uh, picking up the pace. I was going to say um, gaining some ground. Uh, if we can pick up the pace, we will gain some ground, but we're still lag um, where we need to be pretty substantially. Uh, we are competitive in the world marketplace, so we've got that going for us at least. Um, we are competitive uh, with the Brazilian corn that China's been buying, and uh, if any global grain buyer wants uh, corn, um, they should be looking to the U.S. now uh, for supplies because, like I say, we are competitive in the world market and and we can execute on shipments, so that would be good. And the dollar index, uh, the dollar index is actually trading uh, lower. Uh, right now, I'm showing it at 101.75, so um, that's good. A lower dollar makes our grains more attractive in the world market and it would sure be nice to see uh, tomorrow morning, uh, in addition to Thursday, our export sales number, of course, 830. Uh, I would hope that we could see a little bit better export sales number for corn and, and stay pretty strong in our soybean export sales numbers. Um, but it would certainly be nice to see a flash export sale of some corn and some soybeans for that matter uh, with this uh, cheaper dollar in the world market and, and with the uh, lower price action that we're seeing today. Um, you know, I was thinking before the, um, before we started talking here today, Andy, uh, tomorrow is uh, Groundhog's Day. And one of these days, uh, when I find the time or take the time, I'm going to do a little study and see if that groundhog uh, is any better of indicating where the markets might trade on Groundhog's Day than um, maybe it is sometimes in uh, prognosticating the weather. I don't know if there's any correlation there or not, but... Um, Maybe someday I'll take the time to do that and just look at price action on Groundhog's Day and subsequent to that and see if that old groundhog uh, is any better at predicting the markets and, and evaluating the, than anybody else. So just kind of a um, humorous parting thought before I conclude what I have to say today, Andy. Wondering here if you're giving the groundhog too much credit or not enough with those comments. That remains to be seen. I guess. So do the research. We need to know. <laughs> Analyst Mike Silver, he's at Kokomo Grain. Mike's number is 800-666-0613. 
Now the Wednesday settlements up a penny and a quarter on March corn. It goes to 681. May ended at 679 and a half, up two cents. July up two and three quarters, 668. The soybean market down over 15 cents for lead contract March, 1520 and a quarter, a loss of 17 and three quarters. And May, 1516 and a half, 13 and three quarters lower. March wheat down a penny and a half, ending at 759 and three quarters. And the meats were down all day. Day. On April live cattle, it was an 80 cent loss, 162.22. April lean hogs, 84.30, down 212. I'm Andy Eubank with the Wednesday Market Review. This is Who's Your Ag Today, Indiana's most listened to farm radio network.